start this bad boy. <laughs> sure. <you> do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm sure you're all doing great deeds today. I know it's important to be good people in I this world. I hate everything that's happening right now. It's important to be a great person. Listen, think about where you are in this world and how you can do a, a, a kind deed for someone else out there. They don't have to know who you are and you them, but just... It just keeps going. Just be a good person. Hi, I'm David Bly. Hey, I'm Nick Chivarella. And today we're doing another special day with You Had Your Chance, mm -hmm. the podcast where we talk to filmmakers and film professionals about films that they've always wanted to see but never got the chance to see. And hey, they should have. And we're going to give a lot of spoilers because they had their chance. The audience, you've had your chance to watch this movie. It's been around for a long time. It's a classic. Again, do a good thing for someone else. <laughs> It's we'll just, get to what the movie is in a bit, but maybe you already know. Just be a good friggin' person. It's a tough time. Be a nice person. Everybody be good. And it's not K-Pax or Pay It Forward or whatever the Kevin Spacey movie. It's something else. It was but, a fine film. <laughs> a fine film, K-Pax. Um, uh, hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? Good to, good, good to have you here. You look great, and uh, I think... <laughs> You're doing great in the world. I think so are you, David. Thanks. That was so inauthentic. We didn't mean a minute of what we just said. But... Um, we may not be doing great, but you know what? Someone else is doing great. Uh, I don't know why I'm acting like Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam right now. Or like Patch Adams. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have an amazing filmmaker on today, recording from lovely, sunny Los Angeles, California. We have the inimitable Sean Mullen. Welcome, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about doing a nice deed now. I yeah. I'm going to be very nice in this. I'm just going to be constantly <laughs> dropping I, I, reminders. Well, I think you hate starting things. Like, I, hate, I think you hate starting this podcast. I think you hate, like, like beginning like hey hey everybody <laughs> like welcome to the show so you just tried a different tactic there which i appreciate but i think i've just now found my in i is every show gonna start with like like a self-affirmation and like go out and do something good yeah welcome to the show yeah that or just being exactly like the titular character of the film that we're watching oh i like that yeah so we just did deliverance the last one so what would that have done i would have squealed you would have squealed. oh god great anyways hello sean How's it going? Welcome. Um, Sean, we're so happy to have you. Uh, he's an amazing filmmaker. Let's just get into it. Share with our listeners a little bit about you, your history with filmmaking and film. Yeah, sure. No, I've, um, well, let's see. I worked mostly as a, um, a writer uh, and a director here in L.A. And um, I made a, few, a film a few years ago called Amir and Sam um, with uh, Dina Shahabi and, and Martin Starr. And, and that kind of was the, the first film I had under my belt that really got me the place where I can start working on some bigger stuff. I just finished up a documentary I directed about the world's most intense uh, brewmaster competition, which will be coming out next year. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Where did you and go then, for that? You traveled all a lot. over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all around the world. So it was, I mean, uh, China, Brazil. You know, it was it, it was awesome. But did not make it to India, although um, <laughs> they've got breweries over there. So, Dropping uh, hints. Here we are. Dropping yeah, hints. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> what's the movie going to yeah. be? <laughs> Who's a nice person from Good India? Good deeds in India. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in the military prior to becoming a filmmaker, so that's informed a lot of the stuff I've, I've been hired to do is military-related stuff. So I'd gone to West Point for college and then I went to uh 
and then I, I got out and uh, started doing stand up comedy in improv theater, and then started you know, in New York throwing my life away bit by bit, just like, <laughs> you know, be, you know, falling down the trap of being an, an artist or, or whatever. And then went to grad school at Columbia in New York and got my MFA, made a bunch of short films, wrote a bunch of shitty scripts, mm-hmm. and then they started getting made. And then I just so then I wrote the first script I was ever hired to write, 2005, is actually getting made. Uh, oh, well, wow. so we just finished it. It's called Semper Fi. It's about a bunch of Marine reservists, and uh, it'll be coming out in 2019 as well. Wow. So, directed by an Oscar nominated director, Henry Alex Rubin, who did Murder Ball, and an oh. Oscar nominated producer, David Lancaster, who did um, Whiplash and Drive and N- Nightcrawler. So it's like a good, Sick. really cool. Yeah, we just finished. And so I'm a, I'm a writer producer on that. I did not, Henry did. But yeah. Congrats. So, that's awesome. Oh, and that's a four, was it, you said 2005? Uh, hired to write it in summer of 2005. Wow. Uh, and that was a few years, years ago. 13 years, 13 yeah. and a half years ago, 155 drafts, yeah. not a nickel. Uh, and oh. then I finally did get paid, of course, once we went to production. Did that feel time. very good after that was like made? <laughs> it was almost like, it was almost, I was numb. You know, yeah. I don't think I felt anything. It's like when you I haven't just, eaten yeah. and you're starving and yeah. then after a while you're not hungry anymore yeah. and you yes. just want to yeah. <laughs> crawl into bed <laughs> and maybe die. That's the best explanation I've ever done. So, but it's, it's exciting. It's good, and, and it's a great film. I think it turned out really well. So that's awesome. Yeah. So listen, again, do some good in the world. Uh, you you are a passionate film goer, film lover. I've seen you at the movie theater so often, just randomly, and it's just like, hey, this guy loves movies. He's got to come on. Do you feel like there's a lot of movies you've always wanted to see that have never gotten around to, or do you like? You try to hit them all like when can. Absolutely. I mean, again, I mean, it started for me. The, the, oh, the passion for cinema, I mean, it kind of came in waves, I think. I mean, when I was a kid, kind of grew up in the 80s, I, it was like the cheesy, you know, big, yeah, big totally. movies, you know, uh, big studio stuff. Anything then, with Richard Grieco. But then, course. exactly. Yeah. And then when I was in the, but the 90s, you know, when I was kind of in college and starting to figure stuff out, that whole mid 90s, you know, indie film wave was Clerks and Swingers and all those mm. different films that were getting, of course, Tarantino and everything. It was kind of cool and link later. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. And then, and then when I went to, to film school, I just, I kind of freaked out because everybody at film school had already, I felt like seen everything and I hadn't. My biggest thing is I went and watched everybody's first features. That was my first thing to do. So I, every, nice. I, I listed cool. out like top 50 directors and I watched all their first films because mm-hmm. I figured, how do they get to that step? Mm-hmm. And kind of critiquing them. And it was, that was kind of cool. But uh, there's still a bunch of films out there. It's amazing how many films out there that I haven't seen. And I, we should segue into it because uh, this is a huge one, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 11 nominations, eight wins, yeah. Academy Awards. I mean, I definitely should have seen this. I mean, I was seven when it came out, so maybe that was part of the not, reason. Not really a yeah. movie you take your kids to go yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a three-hour, three 11-minute movie yeah. for any kid with no attention span. It's just like, it's, I mean, at least the intermission, you can go get some snacks. I was surprised. Anyways, well, let's introduce What's the, the movie. movie? Right? What's the movie you've always wanted to watch but never got a chance to and you just finally watched? I've always... My parents were into politics, especially my mom always loved politics and, and, and kind of world events and stuff. So I, I always, always uh, wanted to see Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and you hear about Ben Kingsley's performance over mm-hmm. and over again. It just was one of those films that I just never, yeah, it's so long. It felt right. like homework to me a little bit. You know, Richard Attenborough, you know, the director is obviously a, a, a well-known famous director, but also not not super flashy or anything. It's, I don't know. I just never got around to it's, watching it. When would you like sit and watch this? We were talking before you, we sat down and started recording like, the, the, and this is is a movie that I always use as an example. I mentioned it on a previous podcast. This is a classic movie. Like all of all the movies that people just like kind of haven't seen. I always mention Gandhi. I'm like, when, when am I going to sit down and watch Gandhi? Like yeah. Gandhi was always the example of like 
the movie that like you should probably see but you haven't ever seen. <laughs> and also like Schindler's List is another good example that like I think more people have seen that than I Gandhi. Think because it's Spielberg and like it's still like to your point right he uh, Attenborough's not this flashy director as Spielberg very much is and like you kind of know you're gonna get some like emotional draw from like watching Schindler's yeah. List whereas this is very life story biopicy. So I would say like a lot of people maybe have said they've watched Ben Kingsley movies those mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. but maybe like haven't gotten right, around to it. Right that's true like he's in two of these like when, uh, people who haven't seen Schindler's List like to, to your point that too like when are you going to sit down and watch Schindler's List? Yeah like he must be great because he's in both of these movies that I'm supposed to watch at some point. <laughs> no one but really I've only seen Sexy Beast. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've only seen Iron Man 3 yeah, that's all I know for Ben Kingsley. Yeah. So you finally got down. You finally sat and watched it. Yes. Did you do it in one go? Yeah, that was my first question. Yeah. How, many, how many sittings? It took 12 days. Yeah. No, no, no. It, uh, as long as his one of his many hunger strikes. Yeah, I just watched it as a web series. I cut it up and I ran ads. I, I'm monetizing it now on, Great. It's on gonna YouTube. Do, it's going to do yeah. really, really do well. Not tell. Do you imagine how poorly <laughs> that would be? You get three views per uh, episode. <laughs> and, and the comments would just be... The uh, anyways. But, Gandhi um, episode 76. No, no, no. I watched Watched it all in one sitting, and um, congratulations! That's yes, yes, and, applause uh, to you. And yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was. It's epic. It's, yeah, it is. It's a David Lean type of epic. You know, from a biopic. You know, again, working as a screenwriter a lot, there's like really two kinds of biopics. You mm-hmm. kind of either do like a slice of life, you know, following like you know sure. maybe like a walk the line where it's like really tightly wound around a relationship and maybe a, a couple key events in mm-hmm. his life, or you do. Greatest hits. I mean, this was the greatest hits. Greatest hits. This is the greatest hits version. You know, this is like, okay, he gets kicked off the train next six years later. You know, boom, boom, boom. It's like, you know, popping through, which is tough to pull off because I think, you know, most films to me, great films are about relationships. And so, you know, what is his relationship? You know, what is the key kind of relationship of this film? I mean, ultimately, I think it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, between him and him and his followers, uh, is it, or like is him it, in India, like him and in, in, in the, the nation. But it's yeah, it's tough. It's not. It's not your kind of classic. Yeah, you know, June kind of, and Johnny Cash yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's tough to have someone. He doesn't really have anybody to play off of uh, through the course of the film, which I thought was interesting. I mean, it still works for what it is. Yeah, I feel like I was so fascinated by all of like every other character in the film. His wife, the the Catholic priest, uh, even Candice Bergen as the photographer, or the woman Mary Ben, the like. Caucasian woman that came to like stay in their community all of them did such like I thought Ben Kingsley was fantastic in this but I think every one of these other characters who was like a secondary character that you like to speak to your point about relationships they did an amazing job just like working with him while he was sort of on his own path of like trying to fight for India Mm -hmm. they all just like were so committed to their relationship with him like whether or not he reciprocated it, their love for him, like I could just feel the love that each one of them had, like that they were working, each one of their own separate films was like a relationship film. Whereas he was like focusing on India. So it was like, there's so much love in this film. Almost like a series of shorts. you know? Yeah, totally. That are kind of feed into the bigger narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you'd mentioned too, like the way that this kind of goes from train to like death and the passage of time is it, it kind of reminded me of almost like those movies like The Godfather where like the next scene happens and it's like seven, eight years later. And just so like, oh, you just kind of have to accept that. Like they don't show passage of time. You're just like next scene, six years later, like so, I think maybe like two or three times there was like some text on the screen. Sure. But for the most part, you just like assumed, you know, it's like those movies were like, oh, they have seven new babies now. So that, he had that's less hair as this time went right. on. Right. Like like that was grayer. what it was. Yeah. 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 And like, because like, what are you going to do? You can't 
I mean, sometimes that does work. And I mean, I don't know. I just thought of have you guys ever seen Coal Miner's Daughter? There's a great cut in that where she falls in love. And then they cut, and she's got like five kids. You know yeah. I don't know. I just thought of that for some reason. But so sometimes a, it does work. Sometimes it's like a good kind of compression cut yeah. can really take an audience. And and you know you don't. She falls in love, and then she's got all these kids. You can fill in eight years. Just you know that's the magic of cinema, really. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I I've been working as a film professor on and off for the past five years at USC, and I'm I teach one class at AFI right now. And, and the big thing I impress on the students is like you know so much of being a director is what you compress and what you elaborate. You know, you need to focus, elaborate what's important, compress what's not. I mean, that's literally like one on one and. So so it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting. In a biopic, you've got to compress, compress. Well, and compress. I have a question like about that, like that. I would love to hear what you yeah. think, because is it a technique to find when you are able to do that without it being jarring? Or is that something that we as a viewer will pro- just accept when you just cut and it's like years later? Like, do you have to find like beats where you can do that? I think you absolutely have to lead it up to the point where it hits an emotional peak or, mm-hmm. or some sort of, mm. you know, uh, and then you can cut to the next and that, and it feels seamless. I mean, that's how it should be. That's why right. I brought this cut in Coal Miner's Daughter. You know, there's also one in, uh, there's a film called If, which is like this famous like prep school film, um, a British film. And uh, this kid, he, he falls McDowell? in love. Matthew McDowell? Matthew McDowell, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mal- yeah. yeah. Malcolm McDowell, have you ever seen? Yeah. You guys should put that on the list. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's a great film, but there's a great cut in it. I'll just say it. I mean, to anybody Please, out there yeah, watching, yeah. watch the movie. Had your chance. Had your chance. Yeah, but I mean, uh, so he, we. you know, he, he meets this girl and you can tell he's like totally like just smitten with her and just and then all of a sudden they just cut and they're screaming on a bike together and it's just great. It's a cut on emotion. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, and so those tend to be the best. I mean, in a film like this, in a film like Gandhi, I feel like there's so much information they're just trying to get out that they're just like, okay, this event happened. You know, him getting kicked off the train at the beginning of the film, which opens the film, is I think really responsible for a lot of the trajectory of the rest of his political movement. You ever see Heartburn? That's another great movie with all those cuts, the Elaine May, Nora Ephron movie, where mm. it's just like a bunch of vignettes. It's an interesting style. Yeah. There's a moment in the film that I really uh, loved was when he, and it's the moment he finds out that India is gaining its independence mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the film. I mean, that's, I mean, that shot alone, I think won him the Oscar probably because it's just, you see, it, it really feels like Ben Kingsley's for the first time hearing that India is a free, free country. You know, he just really, you see it all in his eyes. He didn't have to say anything, you know, and it's really fantastic. And that's tough to pull off exactly in a film like this that is so disjointed, you know, time wise, you know, to be able to kind of sort of carry an audience. And I mean, he really, when they tell him, I mean, because all of his hard work is paying off, you know, yeah. and so and everyone didn't, no one believed that like the hunger strike again would work or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, hunger strikes. I mean, would they work today? I mean, if Nancy Pelosi or, <laughs> or, or Bernie Bernie Sanders is like, you know, Vermont yeah, Gandhi, I'm Vermont a, Gandhi, Bernie yeah, Sanders. Vermont yeah. Gandhi. yeah, I mean, if Bernie was like, listen, until we have sensible gun reform, I'm not going to eat. I mean, I think Mitch McConnell would say, nice knowing you. Yeah, he'd, he'd be absolutely. like, I'll eat it. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat while I watch you die. Yeah, your meals. Send them over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think. You know. That was very interesting, like the hunger strike thing. And because the way it was, I am so, I'm become a cynical person. I live in today's world. And like, (laughs) I, to that point, I was like, is that like, to me it was, all right, I'm wrong. I'm probably very wrong about this just because I'm a product of today's time. But like, it seems like so self important to feel like your hunger strike is going to cause such great change for the better. Like I, and it almost seemed like, and this is a total other side to like what I'm sure is the correct answer. Um, it, it, it felt like, um, holding hostage. Like I'm going to die unless you guys do the right thing. Oh, there's some definite overtones of petulance in the, in this like, yeah, this childish kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't know if it would work today. I mean, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. At the point in he, America, at least. At the point that he did it, was he already not like a, a cultural figure? He was a cultural oh, figure. He was, I believe, like quite a bit so. He obviously was very aware of the love the country had of him and the people. So I think he knew it would work or have some positive effect. But like to your point, yeah, you're right. There is this kind of and it opens up this world, right? Because like when you become a figure like that, it's almost like a Jesus figure where you have these followers, you're preaching love and you're it, it, it's almost counter to have people like look up to you and worship you so much when that is so kind of not what you're trying to put forth. Totally. Obviously like the, the Jesus claimed to be the son of God. Gandhi did not. Gandhi was just a person, a human being. He yeah. did not claim to be above anything. So it's a weird like counter thing to have somebody who's that's their entire essence yet. They still know they're important enough to where if they had hunger strike, it would yeah. cause change. You know what I mean? And like, I, I appreciated the scene where, what was her name? The, the woman who came from England, Mary Ben. Yeah. She goes down to kiss his feet mm-hmm. and he immediately is like, no, 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 come on, stop. Get out yeah, of there. Yeah, yeah. Get out of that. I thought that was great. And like, they didn't show it too much. Like those, that type of thing. But like, he did not want people to be kissing his robes or, kissing or bringing him trays of tea. Like he grabbed it from the That was wonderful. That was like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it is. I mean, he wanted everybody to be treated equally, but at the same time, he understood that he was, he had more power than than most people. Yeah. Indian, Indian Bernie Sanders. Um, <laughs> I mean, also like the hunger strike. I feel like David Blaine was like the kind of guy that would like do that and like no one would give a shit. I feel like hunger strike is now would be perceived as like a, a stunt. You know well, what I mean? Well, it kind of is a stunt. It is a stunt, but like I feel like in today's culture. Yeah. Where back then, like Martin Sheen is getting on the phone, and he's like, he's not eating, and it's like, stop, like full stop, like the there's no mass media, so this was like a thing that no one had ever heard of. Now a hunger strike would just be like David Blaine's on top of a building, not eating for six days, and it's like, all right, cool, what else is on? Right. David Blaine is also a great person. Listen, I was started off this thing saying that everyone <laughs> should do a nice thing and say a nice thing about people. I'm sorry, David Blaine, you're a nice person too. Sorry, David Blaine is a lot like Gandhi. <laughs> I think in a lot of different his ways. Vegas act, his Vegas act is very tasteful, and it's uh, it's it's for the people. They give out free tickets. All the tickets are free. People can just go and yeah, he yeah. pours tea for everyone. Sean, did you? Um, how much did you know about Gandhi prior to watching this? I I knew the whole civil disobedience thing. I knew sure. he was like a kind of key figure in the civil disobedience. You know, I mean, I think just the regular history stuff, and then. You know, being you know being in the military and going to West Point, we take a lot of history, a lot of you know, and so I, I was a well, I was aware of, you know, kind of what he did for the nation, but I didn't know how he went about doing it necessarily. Right? Or, you know, I, you don't know the specifics, and I know ne- I never read a biography of his or anything. Yeah, I know there's iconic pictures that we've all seen growing up. So like, yeah, in, between him and Mother Teresa, I feel like they're the two figures that are just like, oh, they were just great people. That's that all. That's cared. kind of what I knew. I didn't know. To be honest, I, I was pretty ignorant of, of the whole thing. I thought he was more of like a, a spiritual guru than an activist and a political activist. You know what I mean? I didn't know he was like a lawyer. I didn't know he was like a lawyer. I, I, that, that, yeah. shocked me. that shocked me. That, that was kind of cool. He's a, he was a very, like yeah. he was successful, educated yeah. Yeah, and then kind of naturally like fell into this role based off of his principles and his ethics. Yeah, you know? which I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. It, it's also because those pictures. I mean, like Albert Einstein, or is it Alfred Einstein? <laughs> Anyways, um, we uh, were used to seeing those like iconic pictures, right? Right, and so you don't think of them as younger people when they were 
becoming that picture and it's so interesting to like see the early life of these types of figures mm-hmm. right. well i mean i think seeing the picture i think that speaks to one of the big things about this is the, the idea of him being played by a non-indian you know and so like that whole thing we right? looked this up this is crazy he's part he's half kind of, he's half, is it half i thought it was a quarter half. Half? his, his father, dad is his father indian. was full indian okay okay so how does that, that's yeah. a good question yeah. this is Let's a good point about, yeah how do you feel about that like and how would that be taken now i, I mean i think it's interesting. I mean, I think today it would definitely be a big, it would be an issue at least. It would be something that would be discussed. I mean, I I, I thought they got really lucky because if you look at, look at some of the people that apparently they were going out to like De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. I mean, yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Oh, man. I mean, I think that's yeah. my, you know, that's Alec, my, Alec Guinness was I mean, another one. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Richard Burton, they said. I mean, I this mean, is like, obviously before is, you yes. needed remotely to cast somebody who was no, the same. You could just, no, it didn't matter. So I thought they did a great job. I agree. I thought, I knew he was part, I knew he was part Indian. So, um, uh, so that's, I think helpful. They in did a, brown in his a way. skin up. Like. Well, they definitely did. And I, I don't know if this is just me, but it got browner <laughs> I mean, over the course of the film. It I mean, did. if you watch the first scene, it feels very light. It feels very like a light, light skinned. Uh, it's because he had very dark hair, though, to offset it. Oh, I think when he didn't have is. the hair, it maybe, maybe looked. Because he had white and the white hair started. Yeah. And, uh, the white hair. That's it. Maybe it's all hair related. It's all, it might be because the contrast. <laughs> contrast. I don't know. That's something. That's all you can do a whole. We should get the, the costume. Yeah, but I mean, towards the end, he looks really dark. Uh, yeah, he looked a lot darker that. than those first few scenes, and I just didn't. I thought that was interesting. So I wonder. I mean, this may be a naive comment. I wonder if this film, which cast a lot of local people, having been shot in India, mm-hmm. I wonder if this film shot in 1982. Clearly, there were films made in India prior to this, but I wonder if this film inspired a lot of future films made in India, like the grandeur of it. And Bollywood films are like known to be grand in scale, grand in scope. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this film, and this is not something that I can answer and I don't know if anyone can, but if the fact that this movie existed and it was such a success led to the opening of like so many opportunities for local actors in India to pursue this craft because it brought a lot of attention to India and to like the best of India. Huge movie that was shot in India. Yeah. 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 So while we may now look back like, oh, that was not how we might do it today. And I'm thinking like, I wonder if there were, if they reached out to any Indian actors at the time to play that part, because we looked this up and Ben Kingsley was not a well-known actor at the time. He was very well-known in the theater world. Right. Mm -hmm. And television. But he was not a screen actor. He certainly wasn't a box office draw. No, he was not a name. Which is interesting. To, that's a good point. So they, like, they ended up casting Ben Kingsley. They, they cast somebody who wasn't going to fulfill the role of box office draw. Exactly. So it could have just gone to a straight Indian person. Right. Um, that's interesting. Why they but were. also the film is in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really any native language in the film. I mean, I put subtitles on because I just like wanted to watch it right. because it's like if I had the subtitles on, I would be more focused because it's a long movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wonder if like if they reached out to Indian actors, if there were if there was a big acting community in India at the time. I'm not really familiar with the Bollywood history, if like how far back it goes. And I'm sure there were big stars there because that's right. every country has that. But I mean, I, I, I have to imagine that it, it led to so many more careers of local yeah, I'm sure. artists there. I. I have no idea. If I were to guess, I would guess they did not look at Indian actors, like straight yeah. Indian actors, because it was... A, at least for the lead. They, I don't think there was a need at that time to do that. Like, I think it was like, 
let's just cast kind of people that we know about. These Indian actors are going to be great for this, some supporting roles. I don't think there was a, I don't think they felt an, a moral obligation to reach out to in true Indian actors. Yes. Yeah. Although yeah, his but wife Kingsley is half Indian. So. Sure. And his wife was phenomenal in this movie. Right. Yeah. She's Indian. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, what I liked about the film, I mean, he really did try to, in some parts, use some like verite, you know, footage of, you could tell there was a few scenes where, you know, they were on the train or passing through a village where it was real people, you know, which I think probably, you know, not, uh, you know, very common for big studio films at the time. Yeah. On that, I want to talk a little bit about, because like, this is a movie I think people ought to say, like, movies like this don't get made anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know, like, what that means to you. Like, I think stories like this still get told, but in different mediums. Like, I think this would be a miniseries, or mm -hmm. I think this would be a streaming, a limited series or something. You know, I, mm -hmm. That's I feel a great like, point. I, yeah, I feel like stories like this do get told, but they don't get told as films, especially three hours. Especially three hour films. I mean, if this was made today, yeah, I feel like it would be a, yeah, limited series on HBO yeah. or, or, or Netflix or, or I was surprised that Lincoln, Spielberg's Lincoln, was well, as long as it was. No, but Lincoln's worked as a film because it was around a moment. Like I talked about. Exactly. That was yeah, yeah. Life. That was not a greatest hits. So I think these greatest hits type bios, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're getting made anymore. They would have you to need, be much to more on. condensed. Yeah. Is it because of an attention span thing that we have? Because this was a box office success when it came out, which is... Uh, which is crazy. That, I, that actually blew me away. Seeing this in a movie in a movie theater would be lovely. Mm -hmm. I think home viewing of this is difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't translate to the iPhone very well. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. I did watch. I did spend but three I, hours on the bathroom. If it came out watching. now, yeah. if it came, my legs are still. But asleep. if you put it into little webisodes, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's the real money. Maker. And not to sound like like cynical, like well, what's going on with the film industry? But like the like, if this movie came out now and was updated to modern ways of making films but it was still like this type of movie i i don't think it would do great in the box office like i don't there's too many other attractions there's just too many other things i mean back in 1982 when it came out it was there, the there movie was, to there go was no see. internet there's no anything it's yeah. gandhi yeah. and you heard about it and you know you're people, like oh what's out this week yeah. gandhi got it yeah, gandhi's i feel out. like seeing a movie critics are loving it and let's get out of the house and that's true you know that's it it really comes down to a lot of that i think but i think stories like this are still being told i but, think yeah that's a good but point. i just don't think they're being told on the big screen that would be a pretty sweet miniseries though yeah, I could I could see this as like a six part something starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah. called with, the Hunger yeah. Strike. <laughs> yeah, as Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you guys ever done a Hunger Strike? Um, I missed lunch a few weeks ago, and it was very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Did that lead to change? Um, it led to change in that I got food the next day uh, and had had food. Okay. High five. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, you guys see McQueen's film Hunger? You guys know Hunger about the Irish? Uh, uh, no. Yeah, that's it's really great. The it's modern Steve McQueen. Uh, Today's Steve McQueen or old Steve McQueen? Modern Steve yeah, McQueen, yeah. the director, yeah, with Fassbender. It's a fantastic film, but it's about a hunger strike. And oh, wow. Kinda, yeah, so it's worth checking out. I don't mm. know. I have never done a hunger strike, so I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. I'm not going to high-five myself, but I'm going to be nice to myself. Um, okay. That's what Gandhi has taught us to do. Um, well, I want to ask, too, because like, I feel like we beat around the bush a little bit, especially with David, because like, you've mentioned how it, you have mentioned before we started recording and now that this was a bit of a challenging watch for you. And I'm, I just want to know what you thought of the movie and what you both thought of the movie like as a complete general like question. Sure. I loved it. You did. I thought it was delightful. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like such a beautiful movie. I don't know why I had a hard time 
completing it in one go. Because I got some text from you. I'm, I'm breaking our confidence right now, but you texted me just being like, this is long. This is long. <laughs> I had forgotten because I have seen this movie before. So like, I think a part of me was like, I am devoting seven hours of my life to Gandhi. And like, I almost... When I finished the movie, I even thought, like, maybe I'll watch this again with Attenborough's commentary on it. I was like, you sick mother. Don't watch this again right now. Go call your family. Do something. Write a letter. But it was so, I like, I really loved the performances. I thought the second half was just, like, magical film, uh, filmmaking. Like, mm. the moment when he's in bed and he, like, asks for, uh, like, when he breaks the hunger strike, he's like, I'd love another feast of lemon water or whatever. Lemon juice, yeah. It was just like that's great writing. It's hilarious. It's so touching. And the other scene that I want to talk about is the guy, what was his name? The, um, Pandit Nehru was the character's name. The like his second in command, essentially who, when he tells him that his hunger strike is working and he grabs his hand and caresses mm -hmm. his forearm. Mm -hmm. There's so, and then he just breaks down crying, just telling him about how like he needs him to stop like fasting and like it's working like please stop it was such a beautiful moment that like from a performance standpoint this movie is epic yeah um and just heartbreak i mean like watching that massacre was just a beautifully done terrifying massacre or like all of these scenes where they're getting beaten on the head it's just like so well done and i can't remember another movie like that where i'm just like so horrified by like a continued injustice and I don't know. I, I truly enjoyed the film and I, I don't know why it didn't uh, keep for me like in a one sitting. I think it's just like a, a tough at home thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted snacks and he's not eating snacks and it's like, I'm sure. not going to have snacks. I, uh, I was eating as I was eating. I, I got hungry when he got hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I ate a, a piece of dried kiwi and I thought maybe this is fine because it looks like it's, it doesn't have water. The Correct. kiwi doesn't have water. So mm -hmm. then I'm doing something. Yeah. I had a breakfast burrito. <laughs> I fasted the entire film. Wow. I made it. I made it you made it for three hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. It. it was tough. It was tough. What all, my, all my demands were met. <laughs> all <laughs> your demands were met. All my demands were met. I could go to bed after that. There you um, go. No, I, I did. I loved it too. I mean, I think for me, what resonated most is just the timeliness of it, unfortunately, with, you know, all the, all the, again, just the political infighting going on, this idea of civil disobedience and this idea that, you know, under no circumstance did he ever, you know, condone any sort of violence. He was a true pacifist. Like he was a true like pacifist. A pure the pacifist. And they even bring it up and they said, well, what about Hitler? You know, what about Hitler? That was and wild. Big, and that was like, wow, dude. Like, well, they coexisted at the yeah, same time. That Isn't is that crazy wild? To me. Yeah. And to, to be a figure like Gandhi, to have to actually be able to still hold by your, like, you know, when she, Candace Bergen's character, the life reporter, when she made the point, like, well, can you really do that against somebody like Hitler? My in instinct was like, no, you absolutely can't. Absolutely. But like, but but Gandhi believed you could. And the tyrants will always exist. And they'll. And he proved his he proved his point with his life. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which to me is magical. Like that. That's what resonated with me so much is. Uh, I rewatched the scene just now, um, David, with you, with uh, when he's talking about the turning the other cheek, the Christian, you know, that Daniel ideal. Lewis. And I, and, with Daniel Day Lewis in the middle of DDL. But I, that blew me away because I was raised Catholic and I've always heard that story and I never quite understood what it meant. To me, it always was like, how could, how, I always wondered, like, how a figure like Jesus could have avoid being walked all over yeah. by the crazy, horrible people of the world. And this movie kind of answered that question for me, hmm. which was what, that's what I took 
took from this movie was like how a, a, a philosophy or an ideal like that can actually be put into practice and succeed to me. And he even says like, I have no, I have seen in my life how this works. Like I have seen how this happens and, and, and he proved it. So I, 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 I found that to be remarkable because now, right to your point, like Sean, that with, with, I don't even want to say his name, but like our president, our president, like ha- having, and all the, just the bully tactics and the, when you go like, we 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 saw when you go high, uh, low, we go high. We saw that not work, and that was a, mm-hmm. such a massive blow. Yeah. So now my, I'm feeling with somebody who like this who's in office, when they go low, you have to go lower to win, and it's completely against the philosophies of of this movie. Absolutely, yeah. which I thought was which challenged me because I, I agree too. I mean, I I do feel like we we can't just sit back and be passive, but. You know, you watch a film like this. I mean, I think what Gandhi had that we don't have is he had numbers. Like he had three point five or three hundred fifty million, yeah, and they had a hundred thousand. Like he knew that. Like that. That's the numbers. There were a hundred thousand British, you know, uh, citizens down there, and three hundred fifty million. So I think if that were the case, I think you got a lot of power in numbers there. Like he, I think he could just let's wait this thing out. We just we're too big. But in today's totally. political climate, it's fifty fifty or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's much closer to parity. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can sit back. I mean, one of my favorite quotes in the film and. You know, Gandhi he says, uh, "You must make the injustice visible." Mm-hmm. And and what blew me away about that quote, and again, without being too cynical, is I mean, our president is he's making the injustice visible, but people just don't give a shit. Yeah, do you see? What I mean? Like he's he's making the injustice visible, and people don't care. At least or feel helpless. You know, a th- by third it, yeah. of the country don't care. You know, so that was the thing that I think struck closest to home about the film. I think the other big thing was again to get into politics in modern day, but like mm-hmm. freedom of the press, like that Martin Sheen character, like yeah. in the New York Times, he's a huge pivotal, a pivotal, pivotal, like at that salt, you know, that salt mine where they go and protest. And they're getting beaten back, and and he's reporting it. Uh, that changed the tide in this whole civil disobedience thing. And if it wasn't for the news, it wasn't for this reporter. And wasn't there know? that scene where, like, was it Gandhi that's saying, like, it's very important what you're doing? It's like early on in the film when he's in South Africa, and like, it's very important what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Martin Sheen is just like, no, nah, it's not. It's just like, I'm just doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just reporting. I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything like mm-hmm. extravagant. I'm just doing what I have to be doing. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just intense journalism at its purest form as well. Like, I think that's what that point of, of journalism is. Yeah. It was a challenging movie in that, yeah, like I, I, I did question a lot of what I think and hold to be true and what I've seen from my limited time on Earth. You know, and of course, I've read history and I've seen wars get won. Wars, Hitler was defeated by violence. And how long would that have taken without, but by Gandhi's standards? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have worked. Probably because I i mean, who knows, like, would Hitler have been running the world? Who knows? But like it challenged me in such a great way to like I, I, I in essence, I truly believe in passive pacifism. Like I believe in it from a purely like pure form. I don't believe violence is good. Ever. Yeah. So it's never good. But you have but it's necessary in today's world. And so I don't know. I wonder how much it's like a two pronged effort that yeah. can coexist possibly. And I wonder how much. Uh, a philosophy that this movie portrayed is timeless or how much it is now maybe just doesn't work in the world today. I'd like to think it's the former, uh, but you know, I don't know. It got me. It, it, uh, that's what I took away from it. Yeah. I feel like I'm so grateful for having watched this movie. Now, a question that we like to ask on this podcast is how the film may have influenced the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Had they seen it a long time ago, uh, if it might've influenced some of their, storytelling decisions 
throughout their career. But also I feel like this one is an interesting one because of what we're currently going through in this country. I think storytelling is changing a lot right now. We're at like a turning point with a lot of uh, intentions by a lot of artists and writers, storytellers that just like, I need to tell a different type of story, a more inclusive type of story or whatever it is. This, this feels like the kind of movie that, yes, it would be great. Like I saw this years ago. I don't know how much it affected me then. I feel like watching it now is affecting me now. And like in a time that I need for it to affect me, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't know if it might have affected me as much. I don't think it affected me as much back then when I first saw it eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But you come from also a very structured background. I mean, having been in the armed forces and this film incorporates that aspect as well of just like rebellion, civil disobedience. And Mm -hmm. I think your storytelling path is probably different than the Gandhi film, but yeah, I'm wondering, had you seen this earlier or are you grateful to see it now or? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's definitely a film I wish I would have seen earlier for a lot of reasons. I just think, you know, it's just a great film and would have liked to have been more knowledgeable about it. But at the same time, like, you know, watching it now, I think is, again, in this current climate is, is really great. I think it's more resonant. It probably resonates for me more now than if I would have seen it. Definitely if I, you know, there's a certain point too, like when you're a kid, you know, there are certain films, my daughter's 11 and I'm like, well, when am I going to show her this film or that film? Because you don't want to show anything that goes so over her head. Totally. Like she doesn't yeah. like, you, right. you, you want to have a certain amount of life experience, I think, to underneath your belt. Yeah. I mean, should I have seen it earlier? Absolutely. I mean, how would it have impacted me? I don't, you know, I don't know. That's really tough to say. I, um, I've been... I've been hired to to do. I was hired to write one script, one biopic about a guy. You know, I don't know how that would have you know affected That's interesting. that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I, I I don't know. It's it's tough to say how it would have changed me. But I'm glad I saw it now, and I, I think everybody out there should should go watch it. It does feel like the kind of film that yeah, you. It doesn't really need to be crossed off early on in your film watching life. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like this is the kind of film that should be like a scheduled. For a certain period in your life down the line. Yeah. Like if you're 19 right now and you want to watch a great couple performances and great filmmaking, great cinematography, yeah, watch the film. But like, or if you're 12, whatever. But I don't know. It, it speaks, it has a lot of resonance for me right now where I'm at in my life personally and also with what's going on in the world. So it's, I'm grateful that I'm watching it now. I, I don't care that I watched it already. Like that, that previous viewing is written off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found it like, you know, sometimes we were talking about this movie. It kind of feels like homework. Like before I watched it, it's Gandhi is just totally one of those movies where you're like, okay, okay. I got to sit down and watch Gandhi. I, I should watch Gandhi. <laughs> and you don't even know why you should. You just like, it's yeah. a movie you've heard about. And it's, <laughs> I think all those biopics that have the one name of somebody like JFK, it's not a biopic, but like Malcolm X, Gandhi, like <laughs> these are movies we should all have seen. But it feels like maybe like homework. Like when am I going to sit like on a Sunday morning, which I did, got up on Sunday morning and finished Gandhi <laughs> but it feels very essential it does feel essential it feels like a movie you 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 should watch and I wouldn't tell somebody like if somebody goes should I watch Gandhi I would say 100% watch Gandhi I wouldn't say like it's good but you know you don't have to watch it <laughs> which I would say with a lot of movies this I would say you should definitely watch Gandhi it's not a pure entertainment it's not like gripping all the time but it it gives us like a completely different side 
of things that I have that you do not consider often, which is nonviolent protest, which is civil disobedience, like all those things that he his was his life story is something you just don't think about very often. And seeing it in practice, just yeah. like not just reading it on a page, but like seeing people's reaction to it. Yeah. And there's no way to deny that. I mean, he was really a link between Thoreau and Martin Luther King, too. Mm -hmm. You know, just time-wise, they all kind of bit off each other. And now today, again, you know, you're hoping to find people who are doing the best they can. And genuine, yeah. I feel like this is a pretty good time to bring in our expert, our our Uh, resident film critic. (laughs) Oh, Gosh, I feel lucky. I know there's. I feel like we say it a lot, but it can't be stated enough. I know you don't do good deeds to get rewards, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I must have done something good in this lifetime to be able to be friends with Leah, to like have Leah in our life, just uh, be aware of of her work, yeah, and just listen to what she has to say. You know, everything she says about uh, the films that we watch open up completely new way of thinking for it. Yeah, Um, she's done sound on. so many films she does sound on uh, the whole uh, Christopher Guest all the sound on all that the, all the and sound Deep on Blue that. Sea she did the sound on that yeah she does stunts uh, yeah. for Reese Witherspoon uh-huh. um, still ho- a president of Hollywood Foreign Press uh, she'll be she'll be presenting the, and the uh, vice president. Cecil B. DeMille award yeah. mm-hmm. to herself Eli Gould and, her, and herself and herself this year yeah, it's self-presenting yeah, it is, no, yeah it's both because she's the president the vice president but then Eli Gould of course is the recipient and, I'm saying it's short for Elliot Gould because I just call him Eli but yeah I gotcha yeah but um, after he leaves the stage she comes up and is going to receive it herself she's so amazing she's she's seen every film we're so happy to have her uh, Leah let's hear your take on Gandhi Hey guys, so excited to be on the show again, talking about my favorite thing to talk about, movies. And I have to say, when I heard the movie for this week was going to be Gandhi, I got so excited because Gandhi is actually the first movie I was allowed to watch. I grew up in a family of film buffs and Gandhi starring Julia Roberts was... The film that we would all watch every Christmas. You know, some people watch The Christmas Story, some people watch Miracle on 34th Street. My family would gather together over turkey and ham and beef brisket, and we would all watch Gandhi. Those are some of my favorite memories. So Gandhi really holds a special place in my heart. Gandhi was a breakout movie for the one and only Julia Roberts. A lot of people don't know that it's her because she's in a bald cap. It really was, it was before she was famous. Um, There's a lot of misinformation out there about Gandhi. People think it's like a religious film and um, it is one of the greatest rom-coms ever made. You think Sleepless in Seattle is good. You think You've Got Mail is good. (laughs) Um, Truly game-changing direction directed by Martin Scorsese, as we all know. And it it really could have turned into more of an action thriller type. But um, if you've read his autobiography, one of the big parts was, you know, he sort of hit this point in his career and he was like, I really want to make a rom-com starring Julia Roberts as Gandhi. Um, And we all know the premise. Basically, Gandhi goes on this mission to find salvation and he ends up in this high school and he he like has to go back to high school basically sort of sort of along the lines of Billy Madison 
um, it was it, it was the, a precursor to Billy Madison, but he, he ends up going back to this high school and there's this beautiful scene where he runs into this character named Buddha uh, based off of the Buddha. But, you know, that that was played by um, Shelley Duvall um, and they have this moment where they run into each other. The books go flying and then Buddha and Gandhi fall in love. And, you know, it, it's a metaphor, but it's not a metaphor because it's, it's real love. And, you know, they're both Shelley Duvall and Julia Roberts are in bald caps. It's, I mean, it really made a lot of waves in the film world when it came out in uh, 1965. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Go see it. As always, I am floored. I am shocked that I missed so much of, of yeah. that. I feel like Sean, you were closest to what Leah's assessment was. But yeah, I think I think we're seeing eye to eye. Yeah, on most things. But and I think the world I didn't go blind bit. with no, that. Yes. Correct. Yeah, a little callback to the old <laughs> movie. Um, grateful as always. Uh, yeah, thanks, Leah. Um, thank you. Good luck. I think you're heading off to Taipei to uh, shoot. Is Taipei still around? Yes. <laughs> Who knows? But I was Leah, like, James Clavell wrote a book. Leah is seeing to it that it is around. Right. So that she can film, what were you going to say, David? What was uh, the, the next, next Christopher Guest movie? The next, she's filming the next Christopher Guest movie. Yeah, it's about a bakery, <laughs> a series of bakers. That she she just got done directing scene. the last Steven Spielberg movie. So yeah. now she's directing the <laughs> she new Christopher Guest this- movie. <laughs> Leah, good luck. Good luck, Leah. Um well, is there anything that we missed? Is there anything, Sean, that you wanted to talk about with this movie that we just breeze past? You know, the only thing, other thing is I, I know we had discussed if you were going to do some sort of like spinoff, you know? Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there's any characters in the film that you, uh, hey, how about this? <laughs> <laughs> how natural is that? No, uh, I just thought the characters in this movie are so lovely and caring and they they delved really well into each character's life mm-hmm. but there's always great minor characters in movies do you feel like there were any side characters minor characters supporting characters in this film that you feel you'd love to see a spin-off of i mean actually yes i it's it's funny because i after watching the film i went down like a, a vince walker rabbit hole who was <laughs> vince walker was the new york times reporter played by martin sheen yeah mm. and he turns out the dude is just Fascinating, like like really for Pulitzer Prize for all the stuff he covered. Pancho Villa, World War One, the Spanish Civil War. He oh was like, man, he's a war reporter. He's like a real, real war reporter. And he, of course, was at the um the, the salt the salt mines there, and, and you know, and covered this that, that's shown in the film. But he um he was just a really supposedly this like super charismatic, really interesting guy, and he died on the subway in London mysteriously somebody that the what? it was pushed really? him onto the tracks like they don't know but it, it's ruled an accident so like to me like that's like a cool holy wow. smokes yeah. Yeah. like it was suspicious though suspicious I mean they eventually ruled it was an accident but like he just fell onto the tracks and got hit wow. so I don't know so, so anyway so that's like to me I was like well this is I mean and who's this guy and he seemed like a, you know portrayed really great in the film so I don't know I mean I think that would be a cool be a cool story yeah normally you know? these supporting characters are goofs but that's yeah. a real good one yeah. that you should yeah. make you pursue that movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like, are you going to make this yeah. movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to call my agents tomorrow and yeah. be like, hey guys, uh, you ever Vince heard of- Walker. Yeah. Um, no, it sounds fa- fascinating. So to me, I was really, really blown away by that. And it could definitely be a story. Totally. A story there. Guy, guy lived a full life. 
Damn. That's, that's interesting. Great pick. Do you have any? Yeah. Um, definitely Daniel Day-Lewis's character. I'd like to see a movie around. I, I think I'd like to see how he became a 30-year-old classic street bully. Like, he he's like the guy who's leaning on the sidewalk just being like, hey, you, you can't pass through here. And then his mom calls him and says, like, you got to go to work. And he gets all like, oh, shucks. I, I just feel like I'd like to see, because he, to me, is a version of today's <laughs> still, living, still living with your parents, not getting a job. I want to see how that like world was back in the early 1900s. But that like it seems like that world exists in like Brooklyn, in Italy. Like it's just the same mm-hmm. street tough with his mom right above him, just saying like, "Come in for lunch and stop messing with people." Yeah, exactly. But I want to see his story and like where it goes from there. Yeah, and I'd like to see how his encounter with Gandhi changed. How he, uh, I don't think it changed him at all. <laughs> I wonder if he knew it was Gandhi. Like, I wonder he if he found out later. Yeah. Like, oh, being like, oh, shit. shit. That was Gandhi. I almost my beat up. luck. I yeah. just told Gandhi to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Uh, what about you? Uh, I, I feel like my one was not really like a supporting character. I just really liked the Catholic priest in this film. Great character. I thought he was lovely. I don't know. He just like appeared on the doorstep and Gandhi's like, I knew you would be coming, and he was a big character in the film, so this is not really like a minor supporting character. But but he kind of went away, like he did, because he's he was Gandhi sent him away. Yeah. So like I'm basing this based on the guys, the actor whose name was uh, Ian Charlson, who died when he was 40 years old. I saw. Oh. Just like a great performance, and I was like, I would like to see this guy in this part playing Charlie Andrews, the Catholic priest, and just like more about him because he seemed like a genuine kind soul mm-hmm. that was that didn't need the acclaim nor did Gandhi but was just like I just want to do whatever I can so that your message can get across because it's regardless of which religion it is and it's like this is a really nice thought that's like a a, a, a subplot of this film the the multiple religion yeah and how we're all uh, like how all religions are are this I found that to be wonderful yeah we didn't talk about that a lot but like yeah I think that was a really interesting subplot that would be cool to explore yeah and the kid those coexist bumper stickers yeah (laughs) (laughs) no the goat this Gandhi Gandhi didn't have kids that scene where she's like his wife his wife was amazing when she's like talking with Candice Bergen about their sex life Mm -hmm. I to be honest didn't understand it. The joke went over my head, and I asked my brother. I didn't understand it either. Can you please explain it to me? Because I had the same feeling. Apparently, they tried to have sex four times, but he like he never broke his vow of celibacy. So Gandhi like, did have a vow of celibacy, even with he his wife. did like he yes, and they tried four times, but he didn't have the power to do it to like break the the vow. And then Candice Bergen's like, so you've never broken that packed Mm -hmm. and his wife just like looks at him and smiles and just like giggles a little bit inside and he's like not yet as if like it's gonna happen that night (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like whoa you guys have another form of touching relationship by the way we didn't give the spoiler gandhi was murdered in the first uh, minute of the film and he was murdered in life we should have said that but also maybe that's not a movie thing that's like not a new thing but Gandhi was murdered mm-hmm. which was crazy yeah and I don't know I don't it's funny I don't think that teaser bookend thing worked so great for me I think I would have rather just seen it at the end I agree you know? I, I don't think it really held 
you know, when You're it right. came back at the end, it's like, okay, here it goes. I thought, I thought what the filmmaker was going to do is I thought he was going to hold, can we stay with the wife and, and Candace Bergen and, and, and the photographer? We stay in the thing. I yeah. And it go. happens in the back. And oh, I thought we we're going to yeah. hear it off screen. Like that's where my brain was going. So it'll be a different take of what we saw in the first, yeah. right? At the very beginning. So I thought that'd be cool. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a cool decision. And then he didn't make, then no, we cut right back out and we that go shot be... for shot, you know? And I was like, well, that, what's the power? There's there? no but new insight. There's no new it. information there. So like, I mean, I, for a second, I got excited about it. And then I was like, oh, it's just a regurgitation what we've seen already so if we would have stayed with the wife though and stayed with her I think it would have been more powerful yeah that would have been so amazing because then it would be like if we're not actually seeing the death then it's like his more his his intentions still live on mm-hmm. with yeah. the and people in the room already. you know you saw it why, why would you cut back to it I didn't yeah it made you just like start looking for the, the, the bad guy yeah. and in then the, the bad audience. guy was inside his camp too right Wasn't yeah the bad, the bad guy was uh, thought he was being too um, kind to the kind Muslims, to the Muslims you know? yeah. Which again, the whole Pakistan, you know, India. So, I mean, there's really a lot going on here with, oh, with man. the politics of it. I had no idea about the relationship between the Hindu and Muslims, and yeah. just like the formation of Pakistan. But this, what, I mean, it's not what happened after Saddam fell in Iraq too, where you've got the Shias and Sunnis, and then you got the Kurds in the north. Yeah. Oh, that scene when they're like the nations have been separated, where there's going to be a free India and a free Pakistan, and there's yeah. two lines going well, in opposite it, directions, and then, like, just, one guy just throws a stone, and it's like, because yes. they don't want to be leaving where they're from just based on their religion. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, yeah, this is that was a great. Terrible. That was actually a great scene. I mean, yeah. a horrible, horrific scene, but a great scene. Yeah. Just a mad scuffle. All those massacre scenes are oh epic. Oh, my God. But what was that, like, <laughs> geyser hole that they were jumping into? Was that, like, to the center of the earth? Oh, I, th- I thought it wasn't just a not well. a deep hole. A well? I just thought it was like a well in the middle of the... They were trying to protect themselves. Yeah, but like, was, was that like a hundred feet down? I didn't take it as such. I, oh, maybe. I, I thought it was just like a well. I just, they just trying to save themselves. Like, protect, I didn't think you it know, went that, too deep. During that, that, that massacre, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Massacre, that's another thing I went down a rabbit hole. I Googled that massacre happened. I yeah. no idea. Like, holy shit. 1,500 people? Yeah. 1,500 people and 1,650 bullets? Oh, General Dyer? That that What happened with that guy? Did they like try him? I don't know. That scene when they're all comment like Did you know that there was a child? That scene like, was like yeah. British, oh. like at its yes, point, like, emotionless. Emotionless yeah. but still condescending, yeah. but yeah, still perfect. like it was I'm just like fought, shiring, firing shots at the Brits now for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> but the um yeah, and just like how how would a woman and a how would a child who got shot by this gun, you know, apply Ask, apply for assistance for or whatever. Assistance. I just thought that that yeah. was such a great scene. Yeah. I would like to have seen what happened to that. It guy. seemed like he was about to break at the end. Do you notice that like it seemed like there was like a a twitch in his face where he was like the tr- the general? The general. It was the last shot of him because yeah, he was he, I bet you he walked into that room feeling justified and like slowly was realizing what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> like, I mean, I think he was still just felt justified with himself, but realized he was now in the minority. Like, I thought that was a really well done oh, man. scene. Anyway, I'd spit in his face. Yeah, I'd spit in his face. But too. then I'd do something nice for someone else. Oh, right. I'd write a card. Bake well, a pie. Thank you, Sean, very much. Thank you, guys. Sean, this has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This has been so dope. <laughs> As Johnny would say, to quote the, the legend, <laughs> my man sitting up there in his panties, just homespun undies. To quote Gandhi, this has been dope. This has been dope. <laughs> this has been sick. Um, anything you'd like to plug uh, that we haven't plugged already? No, no, I don't mean, I don't think so. Like I said, uh, go watch Amira and Sam. Go watch, yeah, Amira and Sam, I guess. You could check that out on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon Prime still, or it's on a bunch of pretty much. 
most streaming things. Yeah, check out Amir and Sam. Look for Semper Fi coming out in 2019. Sweet. Uh, look for a documentary called Kings of Beer coming out. It'll probably be on Amazon Prime too, I think. Sweet. And, um, is that is that going to be like a, a feature documentary? Or? Uh, it's a feature doc, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, toast the beer with it. Yeah, if you yeah. like beer, you'll love the film. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. My luck, I just told Gandhi to suck it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shit.